Welcome to Rafa. Good to have you with us in this Bible Answer Man program. We're receiving so many wonderful testimonies that these are being a blessing, and we're delighted they are because there's so many people now are hungry for some some good word of God and what God says about things, some exegesis about the word, and we hope to believe and understand that we're meeting some of that need in the people around the world. And we're delighted to do it. Glad to have you with us for this particular teaching. This this one is called The Value of a Church Home. This question was given to us under that vein. The Value of Having a Church Home. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. Exhort one another. That just means console people around you uh, who are part of your church family. And and you can even do that in in other people from other churches when you run across those. It doesn't have to be just your little group of four, no more. Just yeah, you know, whenever you run across a believer, there most most people who are believers today need an encouraging word. They need to smile. They need some type of consolation. Invite one to draw near for strength from the Lord. Encourage them to seek the Lord and, and, and for their comfort. Find aid in being edified by the Holy Spirit. God enjoys edifying his people. And a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of Christian people today and I hate to say this, but many of them are so immature, they don't know that God is a good God, and he's a father, and he wants to bless his children. At the same time, he has to correct us, but he wants us to live a a harmonious life. Fight some problems, yes, but he's with us in those things to give direction and consolation by God the Holy Spirit. And it says, as ye see the day approaching, well, you don't have to be a uh, an MIT graduate or an Einstein to realize if you look at your news uh, station on TV or if you're getting any correct news, most of them now are so compromised you're not going to get that. But if you search, you can find good collateral teachings to, to uh, superimpose upon your Christian belief. But there's a day approaching. It's a particular day that's been set aside by God. And it's the day when Jesus Christ is going to come again. And I, like many of you, as I look at my TV, I see that everything that needs to be fulfilled for Jesus Christ, first of all, to rapture out his church, and then for him to come seven years later. I am a pre-tribulation rapture minister. I teach that. I believe it's scriptural. I've heard some with wonderful credentials say, no, it's going to, rapture is going to happen at the end of the seven year period. Well, I think that violates every type of biblical, uh, law, not law necessarily. I'm just the wrong word, but, but type in, in the Bible. The marriage of supper, uh, marriage supper and the marriage in Israel is a prime example. They were married for, uh, had their friends in for seven, seven days. Ours is going to be seven years. God's going to rapture out his church and then seven years later, Jesus Christ is going to come. He's going to come in power. And if you just look around you, Christians are being browbeaten, and the Christianity is under attack as, as never before. So watch the current events, and then read 
Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, Zechariah 12, Matthew chapter 24, the book of Revelations. It's not that hard. You can find a lot of commentaries to help you with that. But the more you read that, the more you'll realize that that uh, these days are approaching. As a matter of fact, I have a wonderful CD that I cut. I, I'm not, you know, I'm just making this uh of, not not available necessary, but just telling it's there. It's called the uh, Battle of Armageddon, a uh, World War Three and Armageddon. World War Three and Armageddon. That's a very enlightening tape that might help you if you want to pick that up. So, uh, in that Hebrews ten verse twenty three and twenty four says, "Hold fast to the confession of our hope." Now that's that to some that's going to be very difficult because you're going to have to take a stand for Christianity. You can have to take a stand in the marketplace for Christ. When people around you are cussing, and actually some people call cursing. I'm kind of from the South. Sometimes I slip and say cussing. But, uh, you know, we've got to stand up for Christianity. We have to contend for the faith. That's what the Bible says. That's why God's left you here. You're to be a light. You're to be of salt. You're, you're to take issue with these people. I don't mean you have to be offense, offensive, but you have to be offensive. That means take issue with it as pleasantly as you can, but take a, uh, offense against it anyway. Be overt. And don't do it without wavering. For he's faithful that uh, promised God's going to work with you. If you'll open your mouth in times like that, when you have to make a confession for, for God, open your mouth and God will fill it. If you don't know anything but John 3.16, and most people today are, I hate to say it, most people, most Christians are ignorant of the Bible, and they really don't know a whole lot of more than, than, than the principle there in John 3.16, but that's enough to get the world saved. You just know that. Be faithful where you are. So believers, uh, the value of a church home, well, if you attend the church home, then it's to be with those of, of like precious faith. There, when you walk through a church door, even just get on the premises, something happens to your psyche and to your soul. You just kind of enter into a, a holy anticipation, peaceful posture. It's just wonderful to be with those with church family. And that's the way you ought to look at it, the church family. Fellowship in the spirit, you can have that. There's very few things that are sweeter than to be in, in close harmony fellowship with other believers. You'll like some more than others, but you can be in harmony with all of them. You can be edified. You can go to church feeling down in the, in the doldrum, so to speak. So don't stay home when you've, when you have a few aches and pains or when you have a, a, a problem you're dealing with. Go be with like precious faith. Hear the sermon. I believe if you have a godly pastor and he preaches and teaches the word of God, every time you go with a problem, God Almighty through the Holy Spirit will speak to your heart some type of education. I believe that. I believe that I've seen it happen overtly through so many times and people's testified to it. You can go to be taught. This is a this is a wonderful thing. Learn the Word of God. There's so many promises made in the Word of God that people need to understand as Christians that are not being drawn upon. Draw strength by other victories, by others' victories. When you hear a person, people don't do it much anymore. 
in, in the, some of the smaller churches in the outlying areas, they still have testimony services, but the big churches, they're so affluent that they're too good to let God have a moment to, for his people to say what he's done for them. And it's disheartening to me, and I think it's an insult because God wants us to share what goodness that he's done into our heart because it, it edifies us as we hear what God has done for others and sometimes what they have had victory over will be your problem that you're trying to find victory over. It's for a time of tranquility and quietness of the soul. There again, leave your troubles at the altar, as as the old saying goes. And sadly enough, young ministers today, if they are ministers, they don't even know what an altar, they can't even spell altar, let alone know what goes on or supposed to go on at an altar. You can have corporate prayer. In the mouth of two or three, a thing is established. Corporate prayer can be bring victory to that congregation. If it's seeking a, a situational answer, it can also, you can get collateral answers for that in corporate prayer with the body of Christ. Cause in the multitude of wit, uh, many, there's wisdom. There's uh, wisdom and agreement prayer, and that happens in corporate prayer. Or if you've just got another one or two people who can agree with you in prayer, God says he'll he'll look even more closely at that because in the mouth of two or three, that's what he's saying. You have an opportunity in corporate, in a church home and in corporate service to give God a portion of how he has blessed you as an act of worship, you don't give money because the pastor says, I want you to give you, you to give 10%. And if you don't, you're failing God. That's a terrible thing for a minister to say. And there's so many that, that, uh, preach and teach that. And you need to get delivered from men. You give to God out of a, a heart that's so full of how he has blessed you. Read. Malachi three and there there's some others now I don't I don't like to point people to Malachi three because that kind of directs them to the tithing principle and I don't teach the tithing principle I have a a CD on giving to God that might be help you if you want to, to obtain that a, a corporate worship it it maintains the house of God now it costs money obviously in a in in your home to pay for electricity to have AC and heat, to be comfortable, to buy furnishings for your home. And same thing's true in the church. Don't tip God. Just tip him. Give to, to, to things that the pastor suggests. You know, we want to upgrade this or we need to buy this. And be discretionary. Every time the pastor says we need this, you don't have to give to that. But if God speaks to you, be obedient. And you go to a home church to be evangelized. You say, what do you mean evangelized? I'm, I'm saved. Well, you are, but the work of an evangelist can go on in your heart as the work of a pastor can go on in your heart. God can speak to you about yielding to him and moving out on him. So there's so much that you get in corporate worship, but we should not, if we can able, not forsake that, but find a church home. Now, let me just add an addendum. There are people who live in a place where they they just don't have access to people of their own faith. And if, if it's if it's not directly contrary, if they're not teaching heresy, you can go and have some kind of fellowship. Let me just example. If you're a full gospel Pentecostal person, you can go to a Baptist church and you can find fellowship 
You can't fellowship as deeply as you could if you were in a full gospel Pentecostal church. Yes, but you can find some harmony there, and the, and you a lot of times you can find a wonderful uh, message in those places. So hopefully these things have helped you some. It, there is value in having a church home, and I would encourage you to to take that to heart and let just God, if you don't have a church home, let the Holy Spirit lead you. Just don't go anywhere. Let God, the Holy Spirit, visit around and God will say to you, this is where I want you to be for this period of time until I move you on. Hope this has been a blessing to you until we meet again in one of these or in a, in a live environment. Lord bless you.